I know I gave it months ago. I know you're trying to forget. I know I gave it months ago. I know you're trying to forget. I know I gave it, 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 Welcome back. I'm Marcus. And this is Cam. And we are two opinionated people trying to endure the trials and tribulations of adulthood and taking it one step at a time. We are here to bring you the mess of the week when it comes to ourselves, pop culture, and the world at large. Emphasis on the world at large. Uh, you're listening to the Grown Folks Business Podcast. Camille, uh, you know how we start this. How's the week been for you? How's the you know month been for you? This has been a very busy, busy, busy week and month for, for whatever reason. Um, well, first off, I got laid off. I don't even think we've even talked about Yeah, update that. the people. Yeah, we talked about that. But um, my company ended up doing like a, a layoff and I was one of the people that got laid off, which ended up being more of a, a blessing, for lack of better terms, because I've, I've mm-hmm. had time to you know sit with myself and get back into counseling which I had my first session on Monday which was wonderful it's just so weird like considering like we're in this you know, we're still in the middle of this virus and um I was asking the, the lady I'm like so when do you think we're going to be back in the office she's like oh I, I never was in the office she's like this is online indefinitely oh. and I was like oh okay <laughs> true she was like yeah I was I was above the in front of the curve so uh so I'm good to go. I was like, oh, true. Okay. <laughs> well, on that, uh, just a question for you. Like, you've had the in-person experiences before, right? hmm So what, not, you've only had one, but um, I know I can speak to this. Like, what do you prefer? Well, I mean, I feel like when school starts for me, since I'm still, you know, getting ready to get back in my master's, um, doing my master's program, um, I think it may be more convenient for me to be just opening my laptop or, or opening my phone to talk to this lady because it makes mm-hmm. it kind of more casual. Like you're kind of like my friend now rather mm-hmm. than like me having to go into the office and go sit on the couch and sink into the couch for an hour. But I think the only I don't know if it was an advantage or disadvantage, but I feel like the advantage of being in the office is clearly you can see the body language and the facial expressions yeah. of your client. Yep. Um, whereas on the screen, you can't necessarily do that, um, right. maybe as well, but at least at home, I can set the, whatever vibe I want. Like I was definitely sitting in my room with my, my little wax, uh, baking and my, you know, my fan on and my Christmas lights or whatever. So I was already like in a relaxed mood and, and ready and willing to, to talk and share. So that's good. Advantages and disadvantage. So I guess we'll see moving forward. Yeah. I think the in-person is like, for me anyway, it's just like, you can't beat that. Like in person, at least with who I was with and the circumstances I had, it was just so like, I missed that a lot, but go ahead. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited about this though. Like, like just to, to kind of get my mind in the right place, kind of overcome some, some internal battles. And I'm just, I I probably like, like, that's how I know I'm an adult. Like I'm really just excited Mm. about counseling and just being better. (laughs) I was so excited for this lady's appointment. Like it was ridiculous. I look forward to those appointments. Like it's so bad. Like it's not bad, but it's like, it's so weird because you, 
you know, the, the norm is that you don't, the norm is that you want to drag on and like, Oh my God, I have this to do. Like this lady's about to probe my mind. Like, I don't like all this. So intrusive, but I would look forward to them all the time. Yeah. I remember that. Cause I feel, cause a lot of times I walked away feeling a lot better, you know, me too. Yeah. Um, but not to get too stuck on that. Um, right. Just to, to breeze over some other things. Like, like I was saying to you, I kind of decided to reevaluate my wardrobe a little bit. I feel like I'm pushing 30 now and I need to kind of back away from the crop tops and short shorts. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, that's not, I don't want to say it's not cute, but <laughs> my body is changing as I'm getting older and you know, I can't be squeezing into a lot of this, a lot of this stuff. So I've kind of like fell into a lot more neutrals and softer colors. And like, I'm, I'm probably going to do like a t-shirt biker short sneakers ish. Okay t-shirt dress-ish like maybe throw some skirts and I'm, I'm trying to be more clean cut and and organized with my style now as, as I'm getting a little bit older um so we'll see how that goes I got my first batch of clothes I got like I don't even know like 20 items it was a 55 percent off on misguided online um so I was like okay let me go ahead and uh and uh, the cotton quality is really good unnecessary information but <laughs> from there like the, the quality of this cotton is amazing yeah um other than that like I, like I was saying to you um a little bit earlier like I've been kind of reconnecting and building like stronger friendships with the people that I've been friends with or hadn't been friend or hadn't talked to in a while it's kind of a a weird time for people right now. I feel like a lot of people are rekindling old relationships or, you know, trying to build stronger bonds with people because like we're watching your, us get gunned down news. So it's just like, yeah. you to keep the people that you have close, close. Yeah. You know? So I'm learning a lot of things about my friends that I really, really like. And like, I have a really good group around me and I'm really excited. And also I'm having a good time kind of you know, jumping back into some older friendships, resolving some things and moving forward. So it's, it's been a really, it's been a really, you know, good month for me, meditation wise, kind of getting out in nature, getting back to the things I enjoy. So I'm, I'm in a really good space right now. That's really good. In New Jersey, what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, well, not much. You know, we don't, we're, we're still phasing. Like everybody jumped to, we're opened and, and over here we're still phasing. So I don't even know what phase we're on. One, two, definitely not three, but uh, we're, you know, summer's here and summer at the jersey shore is huge so they definitely have the beaches open and you know easily accessible they're really uh emphasizing social distancing and wearing masks you will not see really anyone around here without a mask and i think that's good for me anyway um but yeah so we're still taking that very seriously and it's still like heavy so there's not too much uh moving around at least for me but uh, you know, I stay on these Twitter streets. So mm -hmm. just what you were saying about like kind of reevaluating your style and everything, that's, I feel like the moments of levity that I give myself with everything that's going on, um, I interject the conversation about like style after quarantine, life after quarantine. Um, and I'm definitely talking about like what to change up. I, I've shared with you and I've shared with the podcast I've, and I've been sharing with my friends a lot that uh, I want to get a tattoo or actually two now, I, I thought of a second one. Um, and then I want to get my ears pierced and I want to like, ex I want accessories to be a thing that I do. Like I want that to accentuate, um, you know, styles or whatever. I, I want to have, I just want to care more about that stuff and put more energy and effort into that. Uh, so that's something I've been looking forward to. Not that I'm doing anything about it right now, but I'm, you know, making little move boards and, and trying to have something to look forward to. That's all I can say about that. 
Yeah. Uh, but yes. I was just gonna say? Say, I forgot. Like y'all, y'all are doing. You know, your phase is totally different than than we are. Yeah, in Maryland. Because yep. you, you would think that we were open. Like I was literally I <laughs> at a restaurant um, uh, two days ago when my friends came from Philly and was saying the same thing. Philly is basically still closed. We were literally mm-hmm. went out, sat down, had appetizers, had drinks, had music at the bar. Like you would literally never. Wow. Know, depending on what part of the city you're in, that we're even closed. Like it was yeah. crazy. It's not necessarily a good thing, but it does feel good to be back in a little bit of normalcy because it was getting a little crazy, you know. Right. Um. I think that because of just kind of the difference around the country and and who's doing what, you know, we're still even though the states are kind of handling it on their own, it's like, it's kind of like the weak link effect. So the South and just how they don't care, like, like Texas, Florida, like the, the governors there, they just don't care. Um, it's not like the Texas and Floridians, Texans and Floridians don't come up North and like, don't. So I say that to say, even though New Jersey, New York and PA and Massachusetts, they're taking it super seriously. That doesn't mean that we won't be right there. Like with another more surges and 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 having to kind of go through all this again. So I just think that because it wasn't handled the way it should have been handled in the beginning, I don't know where this really will end up. It's it's wild. Yeah, um we'll but with all that, uh with the time that I've spent, you know, still in quarantine, still under, you know, New Jersey law, um, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection, like a lot. Uh, I don't have my therapist anymore. Um, that's something, you know, school's over. So that service for me is over. I'm going to miss my um, therapist and uh, try to keep in touch when I can. But in the capacity of being my therapist, she's just not anymore, you know? So uh, having that kind of weekly check-in uh, is something I'm lacking, but I'm making up for it in a way that I can, I guess, by like really doing some internal work, uh, reflection and and just kind of seeing specifically like what I do, what I can do differently to get different results. Because I think for a lot of things, um, I've I've accepted some of the same behavior for myself and others. And it's just like, but I but I always expect something different, um, or go to the same people or or do the same and just do the same things where the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So Having to acknowledge that and change that has been something that uh, I've been looking forward to, I guess. Um, but looking forward to, but really just doing. Like, I, I kind of, like, so much time alone, you kind of just got to, like, sit in your head and be like, okay, so let's sort some of this out. And I and it's been good. It, it's been good. Um, I've really been able to zero in on, like, some flaws or s- some things I could do differently and um, and some expectations that I can have differently. So that's been nice. Um, and it's been, I, I can't say it's been fruitful with that. Uh, but also um, something that's been going on, I bring up Twitter and everything, all these things, I've kind of been been streams of consciousness that I share on Twitter. But something that's happened uh, recently, Juneteenth happened, uh, Camille. We were oh, celebrating yeah. Juneteenth. Oh, I was out on Juneteenth. I had a great yeah. time on Juneteenth, actually. Mm-hmm. And, okay, well, I want to hear about that, but how I celebrated Juneteenth was sitting up on my favorite bird app, and uh, I was getting reparations. What? Yeah. Like, I'm dead serious. I had a few friends that, 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 you know, were asked to 
to you know be given reparations and they just told them to donate to the, the bml cause you know yeah yeah um, but they, yeah i mean i hadn't thought that i hadn't even thought about that well kind of let me like kind of like share like quickly how that even came about so like i said juneteenth happened um freedom day uh a holiday that everyone should be looking into and celebrating and taking on as america's history because it is just as much as it, it's it's our history as black people because and, and it's about us but it certainly is an american like it's american history and just that the same way black history is american history um because we're american but yeah so um with that came like kind of people tweeting about like reparations and oh like you know open your purse and like share what you can to people uh to black people during this time and i kind of did not expect too much out of it but i kind of put up a few tweets here and there and one of them kind of was getting some circulation and was part of a popular thread and some people really like really showed out for me so while i was able to uh you know make use of that and put that towards some debts that i had i was also lucky or i also saw the opportunity in giving it to um some people that i think needed it even more so there was particularly one black trans woman that needed um surgery like money like needed money for uh surgery and i was able to put a few dollars towards that so uh even with you know me taking some reparations i i made sure to kind of pay it forward even more and i think that the overall culture online lately uh the good part of online that has been focused on um community has been really nice to see so that's been my experience and i've, I've really enjoyed my juneteenth yeah man this is definitely a time where we're really coming together i actually got added to two black business groups on facebook love that Love that. Oh my gosh. And people have been sharing things every day, like asking, hey, is there any black black owned banks, any black owned hair supply, yep. black owned t-shirts and sneakers, and like everybody's kind of rallying together to, you know, to help to help each other make money, which is good. Um for my Juneteenth though, we actually were supposed to go to some of the pic some of the picnics that were going on um in Maryland, but um, you know, the weather was acting kind of wild that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't really want to risk being outside so um me and a few of my girlfriends guy friends got together and we actually went um out to a restaurant for the first time and actually had a reg- regular normal normal dinner at a restaurant which was really really nice i know that sounds so <laughs> that sounds so basic but it was it was so no it's, it's yeah i get it um and then we ended up driving to dc and we actually had just got there at the end of a protest um, mm. so shooting off fireworks, which I almost don't even want to get into a conversation about these fireworks. Because I, I know to you earlier, but um, I know. but uh, I'll then, leave, I'll leave that where it is. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Circle back to it later, but <laughs> so we people were shooting off fireworks, and we ended up like taking the scooters around the monuments, and you know, a few of my friends had some things to say to Abraham Lincoln. You know, so <laughs> there it spoke they spoke their heart out to, to yeah to said their peace yeah. yeah but it was really just overall just a really just a great a great great day i didn't get back until probably 3 a.m it was, it was a it was a great day i love those nights that's that's yeah. like the nights where it kind of it keeps going like there's no real like uh you know plan for the night it just kind of keeps going it keeps going and, and and you find something else to do and find something else to do i miss those times yeah there was no plan yeah literally no plan we were literally we were just all over the place well, uh, but it was, it was good. It was a, it was a good time. Good. 
um with all that being said you know that's been what we've been up to for the last month but the world and you know america specifically but really it's taken on a global movement um black lives matter is not new uh white people it is not new um but it has certainly gotten the most support that has ever like we've ever seen um and some might say like a a a a global great awakening of of privilege and just of kind of like the real things that are going on in um the world systemically uh system systematically systemically structurally just everything like the very core and fibers of america and really the greater imperial like you know europe and all that stuff just everything feels like inescapable inescapable because of corona we have newfound attention on these topics and because of that we've seen protests all over the world um in our own backyard we've had we've attended a couple protests and i definitely wanted to talk about our experiences with that so camille do you want to share what you've been through yeah yeah you know it's it's definitely jumping here in in maryland i mean i had the opportunity to you know, since I'm no longer working, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, grab my sign and go out in the streets uh, with my mask, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first protest I went to, uh, one of my girlfriends, you know, she's an activist and she's been one for a very long time. So she was leading like a lot of the chants and, you know, people were out there giving out water, giving out snacks. Like yeah. it was actually a really just a positive experience um, overall, which I thought you know, was was really nice. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go, to go to another one, which was like, for some reason, like I was just very just off put by this experience. And I was saying to my girlfriend who I was with, I was like, I just feel really uncomfortable here because I was out in the crowd and there were no, like I was, I was, I didn't see any, any brown people like <laughs> out protesting. And I'm like looking around and I'm like, where are we? Like, where are we at? Where like, were you at? So you know, we were we were in the city, like. But I'm saying, like, oh, wow. we were in the city, and like, we where we live, you know, where we live, right? And you just didn't uh, see your people. You know, I was talking to some few of my friends, and they're like, "We're not going out there and putting ourselves in danger. Like, we're not we're not going out there and putting our lives at risk. Like, I have a kid to take care of, or I got you know family to get back to, or I got you know so, and I which I understand, but it was just like it was just a weird, weird, very off putting experience to you know watch watch these chants led by you know, non-people of color, you know, you know, for a, our issue, you know, for, for our issue, it was was very just off-putting, especially considering it was a, like, I went back and looked at this, um, some articles later and it was 8,000 people out there that day. And I'm looking like in a sea, a sea of of people that are, are, we're not, we, we were here sprinkled there, here and there, you know, but it was just very, like, it was just very just, just strange. It just felt very strange, like overall. And I was just like, uh, I kind of went home and I kind of just sat with myself for a little while. Like, like, what are we, what's going on here? Like, what's, what, what are the reasons behind like why people aren't out in the streets? Granted, it was also during the day. So I'm like, I know we don't like being hot. You know, we don't want to be out there getting burnt up. Like, so, I mean, I, but it was just, it was just a very surreal experience to say the least, you know. Okay. Um, okay, I think that's fair. Uh, that kind of weirdly, like, kind of connects with what I experienced, but I kind of felt differently. So here, let me, 
bring that to you. So in Atlantic City, New Jersey, um, we had a protest. Actually, if it matters the context with this, because the week before the one that I went to, there was one. And it, from all accounts that I heard, it was very good during the day, um, really positive and well attended. And after it kind of, you know, ended for, for that, you know, after it ended, after the uh, protests kind of just disbanded, uh, hours later on the walk, there were break looting and um, vandalism. And for anyone that doesn't know, the walk is, you know, the, the outlet mall, the, the big box stores and, and smaller stores, but they're kind of all along a few uh, blocks and it's a, it's a tourist attraction. It's, it brings money to the city. You know, it's something that Atlantic city would want to keep and make sure that nobody is deterred from coming or uh, nobody vandalizes it and, and bring a bad look upon it. So that's what happened the week before there were, uh, there was looting in the polo store from what I saw specifically. And then I heard there was some other things that happened, but what I saw specifically from footage was, and I wasn't at this one, but I saw from footage later that there was, uh, you know, breaking into the polo store. And what I saw was two, three, maybe non-black people. And I say non-black because I can't place if they're, they were Hispanic, you know, just they, if they were white, like Latinos, I don't know that. I do know that they were white looking, um, but I can't necessarily place them. And there was reports that they were coming from out of town, Philly, maybe New York. Just they were not residents. And that happened that one week. I go to the one the next week. And this is uh, going to, I'm, I'm going with friends of mine, my best friend, and then uh, her man and f- like little friends of ours, like allies, if you will, of ours. Uh and coming into the city, I see a bus, a, like a metal, like not a school bus, but it was like a beefed out, like gray metal bus that was shaped like a school bus, but wasn't a school bus um, that was there. And like, it looked like an army was hopping out of that, like full on riot shield. Was it shield? Let me not get to line, but it, it definitely was the helmets from what I can remember. It was the riot helmets with the glass on it. And it was uh, beefed up like uh, padding, like Kevlar vest kind of. So not shields, um, but they were beefy. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is intense. Like they're they're coming off of this bus and I'm hearing word that the bus is meant to take away anyone that, um, any protesters that, you know, mess with the walk. Every shop on the walk is boarded up, every shop and restaurant. And they're lined up. So they're like, covering every corner they're like lined up against these these boarded up uh you know businesses and our protest was not going to be on the walk it was going to be from the uh courthouse was it the courthouse or the city hall it was gonna be city hall to um the police station on atlantic ave i believe it was a sight to see um just because it was jarring with with the uh, with the police there, I felt like it was an overreaction. Specifically because, from what I only what I saw, it was like one store, maybe two or three, but like one store that I saw that was 
broken into and the, and the people that did run out with with stuff dropped it immediately once they saw police they weren't even about that life to actually take it and run they took it out the store and dropped it right in front of the store once they saw the police and started booking it so it just felt like an overcorrection overreaction especially since everybody was praising camden oh camden was so great oh the police were walking with them it was so beautiful, great sight. We Jersey knows how to do their protests in response to you know all the kind of high content the kind um, the conflict that was around um, in the others. Uh, I'd have to say it was all police, you know, started from every account that I've seen. Oh, but yes. Eye on you yeah. for a while. Sorry. Let me what was that? I said I was, no, go ahead. I, don't, I was keeping an eye on Atlantic City for a little while just because like. I saw a lot of people that I, you know, I used to go to school where we're going live um, during the protest, really? you know, and I was watching people run out these stores and, you know, I ended up circling. I was kind of hopping from live to live just to get a different, get different angles of, of what was happening, where there was a lot of mm-hmm. positivity. I had a, a lot of family members that were out there um, that were, that were, you know, holding signs and protesting, of course, in the old heads in the comments, like, go home, right. why are you out there? And right. Like, I'll get to them. I'll get to them. <laughs> And, but um, I did see a lot of positive images, um, even like the looting that happened. Um, I saw a cleanup crew, like a lot of people volunteered yep. to help clean up the next morning. But the thing that caught me, that, that kind of got my attention the most was the mayor. I saw the mayor, um, he got, yes. oh my goodness, this man. And I don't really know much about him other than the parties that he used to throw back in the day that were really, really popular. Um, but he was so outraged, like that, he basically was trying to say it was a lot of things that he was saying but he was like i don't understand why y'all are protesting all of a sudden atlantic city has never been on a map now all of a sudden y'all want to hop on the bandwagon of protest because everybody right, in the world him. is out here doing it he was like happy right. all who are still and live here granted there were some people like you said coming from different places that honestly oh, take advantage of moments like this you know they take advantage of of you know the because like, of how, course how vulnerable. yeah how vulnerable the city you know becomes and, and they take advantage and start robbing people like start robbing places you know um but he was just like just very dis- disappointed in, was right. in his city and i didn't because right. i was like i was really proud like i was honestly i was looking on facebook i was so proud of the city i was like look look at home everybody's gathering together and yeah. holding their signs and like no one's fighting and like and he, what he was what he was said he was like y'all should be fighting for our city and protecting our city i'm like this is supposed to be peaceful ain't nobody about to be fighting to save no no corporation that they can replace exactly. the, the next day please, please. exactly like what but it, it has so you you kind of really set me up uh well there because that's what i saw like so everything that i described to you happened the week before i went I go the next weekend and I'm really excited to go. I, I told you, you know, the, the, not the riot police, but they were heavily, they were riot police. They didn't have shields. Um, and they were out there and they were beefed up and they were intimidating, but we were like, we, we come in peace. Like we were very much like fine, you know, and we're walking from the police station or we're walking from city hall to the police station and we get to the police station and we're sitting there kind of like, you know, listening to different speakers and to the people that kind of put on the protest and get it out there. And you could just tell very quickly, I got what Atlantic City's problem is. So this is, let's be clear, Black Lives Matter is not to one city. It is not a George Floyd protest. 
It's past that. It is not a Breonna Taylor protest. It's past that. It is not um, a Mike Brown protest from years ago, which like around the time this started, because we're past that. It's a protest about about needing uh, systemic change, real change that is not just about reform and, oh, we need more attention in this and, oh, we need more resources here. No. It's straight up like there's a problem, like real problems, that is the foundation of, you know, the very systems that we have in place like police. This is just one of many, but this is what we're fighting right now. And it's a bigger conversation. So I say all that to say that by us protesting in Atlantic City, that is people in the area and the surrounding areas that are coming together to protest that. It's to protest the overall, like, message. It is not... Just because we're walking on Atlantic Avenue, we're talking about, oh, Atlantic City Police Station is this. Even though if you want to have that conversation, we can have that conversation. Because even though he wanted to be like, we were not on the map, Atlantic City has its own problems that we can talk about and and can easily be, you know, um, uh, added up to the other names and such and things. Like, New Jersey is not outside of this conversation is what I'm trying to get at. But even with that, the community leaders that were hosting it, I don't even know if that's the right term, but like we're, we're speaking, they were the old heads of Atlantic City. They were the religious leaders. They were the ones that feel and 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 have the, you know, have the wherewithal to say like, we were here the whole time and y'all are just now getting here. They really were upset that people that they felt like, um, especially the white people that were not of the community were here protesting and kind of like causing a stir and causing a ruckus. And they felt like they didn't belong when that though that sentiment showed me everything that kind of uh, I needed to know. And really what I mean by that is like, y'all are out of the conversation. Y'all are lost. Like y'all are no longer, we're not talking about what I'm trying to get at is they're, they're so on a different page than we are that they don't get it anymore. Do you kind of get what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the Atlantic City old heads think that we need one of us in the in the seats and we need to be there. We, you know, you need, you know, they want to talk about the the basketball court that they got implemented. They want to talk about the little youth program that they're trying to save. They want to talk about that stuff and we're they're not talking about what we're talking about. So it's like, we're having two different fights. And the reason why we're not having the fight of let's install basketball hoops around the neighborhood. So the kids have something to do. Let's install, you know, um, a youth program at, after school so we can get this done. Let's install a religious so-and-so after this, so we can get this done because those are so minimal. It's such a minimal change. And it's not to discount y'all, but it's to say that your way is not the only way. And it's not the way that we're riding anymore because you've had years and years and years, as you like to, to let us know, you've had so long to, you know, get in front of the community, uh, the community board members and, and the city council members and the mayor and, you know, the governor, you've had so many years of doing that. So what have you actually, what real change did you actually bring about by going along to get along and getting the little, you know, little little handouts that you can get? Because while they're writing off a couple thousand for your, for your youth programs, they're 
I don't want to say the, the R word, but they are Ring the community with and, and 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 giving it right to the casinos if we want to talk Atlantic City specific. And, and taking away from the education to fund the casinos and, and tax break the casinos, if you want to talk about Atlantic City specific. And that is the change that I, th- that's the talk that I want to have. That's the, the, the systemic change that I want to bring. It's so if you really want to walk with the youth, because it's the youth led moment at this point, it's not the old heads. You're not, you're not in charge of us anymore. You know what I'm saying? And they don't get that. So that was my experience with the protest. It was very much like a youth versus old head situation. And it's unfortunate because we're, we want more. Like we're not, the, the youth is no longer, we can no longer be placated with the, the basketball court. We can't. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like, honestly, I, I, honestly, when I left, I never really kept up with Atlantic City like that. And when I was there, I was too busy trying to get out to pay attention. You know, but... They have I, so much pride. And it's okay. But, like, it's pride to the point. They get in their own way. Like, they think that they're, they, they're, they, their way is the only way. When their way literally has not brought out anything different. Well, I was honestly, though, I was impressed by, like, the way that they decided to, to give... I think they gave Showboat to Stockton, right? So students could have housing out there. Um, mm-hmm. and do different things like that, um, which I mean, like you said, it's kind of a long time coming, but I'm like, I'm glad something has happened, happening now, but better than not anything happening at all. And then actually and being able to open a rebel back up or not, it's not called the rebel anymore, but the ocean, ocean. the ocean, <laughs> you know, to bring money back to the city because it's, it's kind of sad, like just growing up, going back and forth to Atlantic city every day or living in Atlantic city, watching how how terrible of a place it's become when it used to be the place to be at, you know, and now it's just like, they're, they're trying, they're trying to bring it back. But yeah, I mean, it's, they, they need, we need to be working together, the, the young and the old in order to make but it work. I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, and I hear you, but that that's on like, that's on the commercial side of it. I'm not even talking about the commercial side. Cause I think the commercial side actually, um, actually takes away I know that the commercial side takes a lot away from the side that I'm talking about and the side that they want to think that they're doing so much for. And I'm not even discounting their work. I'm saying that it doesn't go far enough. Like the youth um, programs that they try to like get across the, the neighborhood, this, the neighborhood, that, and them thinking, our land city, uh, you know what I mean? Like them feeling, them being so, so hard headed on their views they don't get that they're not asking for enough and they're not actually getting the results that they should be getting. So where you see a, you know, showboat giving to Stockton, I see, you know, that there's good and bad. You know what I mean? Where I see, and I worked at Ocean. So where I see Ocean and Hard Rock going up, there's good and bad with that because they're at the same time, they're taking away, they're, they're cutting education and they're cutting housing and they're cutting this, they're cutting that. So, I say all that to say we there there was very much a um there's a revolution here and it's bigger than Atlantic City it's bigger than Minneapolis it's bigger than Ferguson it's bigger than Baltimore it's 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 a worldwide change and that's what I was talking about like they don't get that they don't get the gravity of this cuz they think it's just another just another walk and just another it's not like it may feel that way to the old heads that think that they've done this before. And yeah, 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 you have. But what have you been able to really get done? That's all. 
And with all that being said, um, we have, you know, rising tensions with the NYPD proving us right every single chance they get. They they can't help but prove us right. It, it's it's laughable at this point. I would be laughing if people weren't dying. It's that bad. So something I get. I don't even know if this is light, but something not as heavy is what happened in New York City. Um, you know. I want to say this is around Times Square, um, but the NYPD from the Bronx. Now I have the, I have the full story, but it, it's like the NYPD that stationed in the Bronx came down to uh, downtown Manhattan, and three of them had Shake Shack. They reportedly <laughs> reacted poorly to the milkshakes there, felt poisoned, and you know felt like it was an attack on police because of everything going on the the anti police rhetoric uh only to be proven that it was a at the very least an overblown sickness and at very worst what it's really looking like is a completely made up story so camille where are we at with this because there's a lot of these going out um going on you know mcdonald's has a similar case just there, there's the police feel like they're under attack but are making it worse on themselves by these fake stories overreactions and only proving us wrong with the police brutality. So where do you kind of fall with this? I feel really conflicted about the, about the police right now. Um, just to, just to, I'll circle back and then I'll come right back around sure. to the check story. But um, one thing I forgot to mention during the protest that I went to is there was a moment in time where we were in front of the police station um, and there were a lot of people waving our middle fingers and cursing and carrying on and spitting and doing all the things, you know, to the police officers. And, you know, I couldn't help but think like, you know, there are police officers that are in the system that are going to make a change, you know, that unfortunately, because they're wearing the same uniforms, you know, as the people who are, you know, screwing things up and making it, making everything worse, you know, they're also being held accountable the same way. You know, when I, it's, it kind of was just because I know people who are police officers who have went through the academy and, you know, who are trying to make a difference. It was kind of disheartening, you know, for me to see like the people who are trying to do the right thing being treated badly, you know, but all, although I understand if you're not holding your partners accountable, it makes you just as bad. Like I, I understand the whole, the full circle of, of what's going on here, but it was just kind of, kind of disheartening. Now on the, on the Shake Shack thing, now, the, when I first read this story, the first thing I thought was, man, they are bold as heck if they about to poison these police officers. That was the first thing that I thought that was really bold. And then later we find out that they order on the app and, you know, it's, it's unlikely that they would have known who the milkshakes were going to. And then we find out that the incident was reportedly invented by the police labor union. And I'm sitting here like, really, y'all? Can y'all like, really? Like, really? This is what we doing now? Like to, to get attention for what? Like it, it just seemed like it was just this a, a necessary, it just a necessary. It, it just it just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh yeah. So, uh, look, I'm I'm in a different place with the police. Um, I think in the beginning of all, like maybe if you asked me, really if you asked me like a few months ago, I probably would have had some of the same sentiments about um the same way you feel especially when this when black lives matter first started i definitely didn't think that you know all police aren't bad but learning more getting more context reading about this stuff seeing what's happened since like they don't even have enough sense to be on their best behavior when all cameras all eyes all reports are on them 
I do not have any problem with any criticism of the police because really criticizing the police is not a personal thing. Like, I don't know why um, people will, will come out with the, you know, I'm trying to do something different and blah, blah, blah. As a police officer or the pe- people that, you know, kind of, you're not all police, blah, blah, blah. Police as a system, police as as the uniform, police as the function in society is wrong. Like, it just is. Because it's built on something. It, it was built wrong. Like, it, it started out wrong. So, so when you're advocating for the abolition, for the defunding, for when you're saying all cops are bastards, like, when you're saying this stuff... Are you talking about the? Some people may be some 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 population people um, may be like every single person that literally wears the badge is horrible. Sure, and I wouldn't be mad at them saying that because there are reasons to for that. There there are there are supporting, you know, there's supporting facts there. I guess, um, but when when the majority is saying like police, there's a police problem. There the pol- problem is the police. I can't even sympathize with the there are some people trying to do different because you can't change you the person even if there's a bunch of you the persons can't change the fundamental fact that police are there to protect corporate interests rich white people they over police black communities they over criminalize black communities they you know what I mean? It, it, it's a fundamental thing. So I don't think I genuinely I, I've come around on the on the on the um, topic of like you can't change that system by just you going into the force thing. You're going to change it because they will change you before you could possibly change that system. Period. They will make everyone the existential threat in, in you know, and you need you need to watch out for your life and, and pull that trigger before they pull it on you. That will be the rhetoric that you will get. And that, you know, that will be what is instilled upon you every single day on that forest before you could possibly change um, the system because it comes from the top. Like you got to change the functions. You got to change, you have to change it. So, it, and it's not something that one person can do. It's just, it's structures. Like you can't go up against the the fundamental, like fundamental sin of of killing black and brown people, of killing poor people, killing it's bigger than you. Like, so I think that the criticisms of, of police, it, it's not personal. It, it's just, it's because you can criticize any other occupation. You can criticize any other system, but for some reason, Oh, you know, not everyone like no everyone, because everyone plays into this. Everyone plays into it. And, and, and it's not it, it, for me, I guess, for the story specifically with the Shake Shack, it's like, that just proves the point. Like there is a system here. There's a system that when we're talking about black lives, it's now we have to distract you with, oh no, but we're being terrorized and somebody's gonna kill us with a milkshake. Like you just proved our point. I think I was more, I mean, I'm more so like in terms of when I was out protesting is I'm looking at the human side of it. Like, because although this is a very toxic, corrupt system that's been around for a long time, the origins of it are, are also toxic, <laughs> you know, which I wish I, I do understand. And I understand that when people are saying those things, yeah, granted, they're probably only directing their anger to the people, you know, who, you know, aren't out there trying to make a change. But I still also believe that, you know, of course, one person can't change. One good cop is not going to change a, a whole terrible force. You know, it's going to take 
years and years of changing. But honestly, if you, I feel like this needs to be one of those things where you shut the whole, <laughs> shut the whole thing down and start over with a different origin, like because this is this is it's just it's too. And that's what we're advocating for toxicity after, you know. But I guess I, I still like to think that you know there are still people out there trying to do the right thing, trying to change it internally, you know, and trying to gather because. This it really just comes down to a lot of a lot of times changing the minds and hearts of people, like and that that takes a heck of a lot more effort than people are willing to put in. It's just easier just to go with the flow, and I and I, and I know that it's just it's just unfortunate. That's all. I mean, look, I like I said, I've been I've been looking into this. Like this is all I've been kind of putting my energy towards. And when I hear reports about good police quotes, you know, quote unquote, getting fired because they're holding their, you know. They're holding their partners accountable. Partners accountable, exactly. Right. Yeah. When they're when they're being taken off the force, or they're being put on paperwork, or where they're put in um, situations where they're like, "We're not going to send you back up because you wanted to snitch." Yes, yeah, yeah. when that's the culture, tear it all down. Yeah. When the people that are going to hold that are put in place to hold the bad cops, quote unquote, accountable, are also cur- like the problem. Tear it all down. <sighs> it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it's, a <laughs> it's, lot. it's so much. It's a lot. So, much. so, I mean, that's it on that. Like something else that happened. Um, you know, again, this is Black Lives Matter, police brutality, uh, white supremacy, um, America's fundamentals like or a foundation like it is all this that's what this episode is encompassing but more to the conversation is kind of like the black experience and and kind of i don't want to call it infighting but like the 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 bigger conversations that we're having to confront um and problems that we're having to confront now because you know the spotlight is on everything it's not just one thing it's not about police brutality uh so with that we have J. Cole, rapper J. Cole, uh, responds to rapper No Name, who happens to be a Black woman. Uh, her criticism of her, her tweet that criticized rappers that have, you know, Black conscious light, you know, because... Do, do these rappers only rap about that? No, but they definitely they definitely have that air of them. They definitely have um, a discography to 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 kind of symbolize uh, the black experience. You know what I mean? Conscious rap, and people that fall in line with that are J Cole, Kendrick, and so her criticism was, "Where are you at? Like, you have this discography that kind of." puts you in a position to speak on these things and we're having these conversations without you you're nowhere to be found so where are you at as the saying goes a hit dog hollers and j cole responds with a full-on i'm not gonna call it a diss track but it definitely had some words for no name even if they had no name um in that it said it had Twitter ablaze because part of his lyrics definitely gets in the area of tone policing who happens to be a black woman. So tone policing a black woman um, during times like these. And it really is just one of those cases of like, 
J. Cole read the room. What are you doing? Like, this is, this ain't it. Now, J. Cole stands are going to J. Cole stand. So, you know, you had his warriors fighting Twitter battles and Twitter threads and stuff. But really, it just comes down to, like, it's the broader conversation of what we're going to get to shortly of, like, Black women in the space and, 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 to add to the conversation, No Name then gives a diss track, or not diss track, sorry, a reply track, and and brings up something that I think is very good, I guess. Just her saying, like, hey, you didn't have any tweets about this movement. You didn't have any songs to talk about the movement, but you went to the recording booth, went to the studio, and you had words for me. This ain't it. Like, of all, at the time of trans women dying, of black women dying of black people dying and you take this time to address me so camille with all of you know with that and more where where do you kind of fall on that now first things first like you know prior to um so i heard the song before i knew what it was about right so all i heard was hey j cole got a new track out now, when I heard the context with No Name and her calling him out, my first thought was like, "Why are you minding his business?" Like, cause like, cause like, kind of like you said, like we're we're all in a, a in a space right now where you know some of us the stuff in the media is really messing with us really terribly. We all are in different mental spaces right now, um, you know, just because of you know all the stuff that's going on in the media and like my my thing is like, why are you you calling me out on this thing? Like, first off, I would've been like, what are you doing? That would have been my first. What, what are you actually doing? Was was my was my first thought. I don't really know much about this artist, honestly. Um, but my second thought was like, why are you speaking to police in? Like, why are you worried about what I'm retweeting or what I'm tweeting and what I'm coming out with and what I'm like? Was my first thought part one. Fair. Can I add um, just a little bit so for yeah. more context because uh, I think that is the best criticism to have one of just like not uh, on the point of like why are we having this discourse? Because like, why are you expecting this person to kind of speak up? Like we're all kind of going through our own thing. We all, you know, have to, we're all coming to terms with this stuff on our own. Like this is heavy. Like, why do I have to speak up? So that's one. But before that, it it should be stated that No Name, um, you know, for those that do know, she's been having these conversations. She's been donating. She's started a book club on this stuff so people can get more educated on it. Like she's been doing her part just to get, be played as advocate and be like a little more fair on that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Like I said, I don't really know much about um, much about her, but that would have been my first thought. Okay. Like, okay, you're doing your thing, but why are you worried about what I'm doing? Fair, why? fair criticism. You don't know what my mindset is, is going through. You don't know if I'm taking a break. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if I'm working on things behind the scenes. I could be signing petitions. I could be out Donating. here doing, yeah. doing a lot of things that you may just not see. You know, which right. I'm also keeping in mind about my other people, my other friends that are that are that are allies that I may not be seeing. Not online. only that, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because I think that the people that don't have platforms and your friends, you know what I mean? Are they black? Are you saying? No, no, no. See, I don't know about that. I said allies. I yeah, allies. I don't know about the allies not really speaking up because it it kind of it really does kind of tell it's telling on yourself. Um, so go ahead. But, yeah, but okay, circling back. Um. Second thought was J. Cole on the timing. This is not the time for that. Like that's that's really that's really how I feel. Like this is not the time. I understand that, you know, rap is a form of expression. I get that. Um, you know, she called him out and then he came back saying, Hey, like, but actually, 
right. you know, was, was this the response in my opinion, but actually, right. but still, you still came back with, you know, again, not acknowledging what's going on right now as much as he was, I don't want to say bashing because I felt like he wasn't bashing. Cause even yeah, when I, I was that either. looking through his tweets and stuff like that, like, he, he was still remaining positive. Like, hey, I have a lot of respect for this artist. I really think you should go follow this girl. She's really smart. She's really, she's this, she's really that. And I'm like looking at his tweets and the positivity, you know, within the things that he's saying, you know, I, and I get that, but I still feel like the timing is off. Like, this is not the time to be going back and forth with each other. Like, it's just not. Read the room. Like, I really, that's, that's really, I just felt like it's not the time. I think something that I've learned during quarantine, like starting with the coronavirus, but then really ending here, celebrity culture like celebrities are so bored they are so bored they have nothing better to do they really like with and i'm not just talking about them i'm talking about the imagine people that sang on that recording looking stupid i'm talking about the celebrities that came on later and were like i accept responsibility for white supremacy like just doing so much like all of those people i think are bored have nothing better to do and you would think with their you know money they would just kind of just shut up and just enjoy that money and not worry about, you know, they're not worrying about their next meal and everything. What it ha- this has all shown me is I'm not looking for, ce- I'm not looking to celebrity culture and celebrities for anything anymore. I'm looking at them for the entertainment that they provide. And that's it. In, in a previous life, not too long ago, um, you know, I definitely looked towards celebrities to kind of be the, be not necessarily leaders, but just have opinions, have, have, things to say um i was looking towards them like oh they're not speaking upon this i don't care what what they're these people are speaking about i don't because when they do speak <laughs> when they do speak they deter for lack for for the bare minimum they deter the conversation and i think that we would be better off with not expecting much out of celebrities and that's what i that like that's 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 what i've come up on to um, within quarantine for me and it's been it's been good because i don't expect much of anybody or I'm, at least of them anymore i'm not worried about nobody but myself like that's honestly, how i feel, like, right how I feel. Now, like so many other things going on right now we just want to make sure our families are, are staying healthy and safe like I, you know it's just that's definitely how i feel yeah the time the time it was just off for me and even for her to come back and say but actually you still ain't say the thing that i was asking you to say like you know what i'm saying like I, <laughs> and then going back and apologizing i was just like can we just can we can we actually just put this energy into something else right now, please? Can we not be going back, get back and forth with each other, please? Like that's where I that's where I landed with that. That's where I would. And on that note, this just really like that story just really brings on a broader conversation of minorities within the minorities and like kind of where we're at in the conversation. Um, you know, no name is a black woman, so we're also talking about just black women support by specifically straight black men gay black men just black men in general and then we're talking about like okay so what about the trans women like black lives matter with even within black people is kind of contentious because this isn't just that fight like this isn't just the fight of black men being killed by the police because black women are killed by the police everyone like all black lives are killed by the police and we have different issues for different subgroups of 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 our population and i feel like that's so important like it's so important to kind of bring light to that but the people that would rather not have those conversations want to silence those voices by just being like you know we're all black and in this conversation you know we're 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 not 
really attending to everybody's needs. And I think for me, for a lot of people, it's important to be like, hey, like there's so many people we're leaving out of this conversation. And unfortunately, when we bring up those topics, a lot of straight black men will be like, we'll have kind of the same rhetoric that white men will have when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Oh, all lives matter. Oh, you know, this and that. Oh, like, and, and just not have the, 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 it's crazy because they won't have the thought to be like, oh, shoot, I sound like, like, why don't I get this concept? Because I sound like the very people I'm arguing against. So what are your, what are your thoughts on just kind of like where black women and other marginalized communities within black people um, land in this conversation? Cause I feel like we're not being, you know, those, not everybody's being serviced here. I feel like it's a lot of things. I, I, there's a lot of internal battles that are, that are happening right now within the black community, like that, <laughs> that that I've been seeing conversations floating around on Twitter about the the. I'll circle back, but the first the first thing that I saw um, is the, the dark skin versus light skin battle. That yes, right now this is not the time. You know, what I'm saying people saying that of course this is not the time for us to be you know pra praising one or another, one being better, one being worse, and light skins do this and dark skins do this. Like okay, okay. But also, do you think that it's because I, I have, I may have a different opinion on this than you. Do you think it's the time to bring up where we fall short? Like in that conversation of dark skin, uh, dark skin versus light skin, I'm seeing conversations like, "Hey, dark skin people are not being um, regarded the way we should." Like. You know, as as they should, like, they're not dark skinned women are have different challenges than light skinned women, and we're not having those conversations either. So, where do you kind of fall on that? Of course, I do agree that it needs to be that 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 is definitely a conversation that needs to be had. Um, but I was more so leaning towards like we shouldn't be battling each other right now. Now, those those struggles since we have the since we have the mic right now, right. Like, for lack right. of terms. I mean, I do think that is that is the time is appropriate to, to be bringing up those conversations because we need to get as much done as possible while the spotlight is on and that's us how right I feel. now. Yeah, you know, um, but just moving on to a different, you know, some of the other different things that I was looking at, kind of circling back to what you were saying. Um, the one video that I, that someone sent me um, that I thought was pretty interesting was um, um, a woman talking about how black women, you know, need to stop processing for black men. Mm. Um, and she was kind of saying, like, you know, black men are like one of the main causes of black women's deaths mm. and abuse and, you know, you know, domestic violence and, and they're killing us. And why do we continue to support them, you know, when they aren't coming supporting us, the, the black trans women, mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, when we also need your support, you know, mm -hmm. who, who's supporting us? We're, we're supporting and protecting y'all, but who is supporting and protecting us? And that kind of made me kind of go back and just look at, look at not only my family history, you know, but also my family, not necessarily on your side, but on my, on my dad's side. Um, and also look at different friends that are men that, that I've had and have over, you know, over the years and what they're doing um, in, right now, you know, in terms of protest and in terms of support for black women, whether it be their friends or their family or strangers or, or siblings or whoever and how I grew up seeing black women be treated, mm -hmm. you know, and if that impacted, I know that's kind of deep, but no, if yeah. it impacted how I treated myself and how, you know, we kind of talk to our friends about how they should be treated. Definitely. Now I'm not going to get too, too, too deep. Like, but that's a whole say, conversation for sure. 
<laughs> I know, but that that's where my mind went sure. with that, you know. My first thought was like how many of my male friends or family members or who whomever have I seen like just cheat on their girlfriends mm-hmm. like over and over again or dispose of women like without an explanation because oh it's it's the norm now. Oh ghosting is normal. Or, you know, I was talking the other day about how black men have so many options, you know, with women because they're fetishized mm-hmm, by so many mm-hmm. different how they they can afford to pick you up and drop you because there's someone always waiting in the, in the bleachers right you know just just things like that you know and it's just like like it's, it's still circling back to like who 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 is treating black women the way that that we're supposed to be treated yep. I'm not saying that it's all black men of course i would never say all you know but just just basing this also of my personal experience different friends experiences but who i had a moment you know um uh, you know, a couple weeks ago where, um, like, I'll say this and then I'll, 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 I'll kind of get off my soapbox. But, you know, a couple weeks ago, or actually not even a couple weeks, maybe a month or so ago now where, you know, a girlfriend of mine, you know, we were running out around um, the Baltimore Harbor mm-hmm. and, you know, we were approached by a, a Black man who was homeless and, you know, who was, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get a date or for lack of better terms. And he was saying all these sexual things and we ended up running into a hotel for protection you know, where a, a person of color behind the counter who was a woman closed the door, locked us in, like, for a moment, yeah. you know, until he was able to... Eventually, we had to call the police. Unfortunately, we had to call the police on him because he was just get, it was just getting out of hand, you know. But in that moment, like, after all that happened, we called the police. The police came. No one bothered to give us an escort home. No one made sure we got home safely. The guy wasn't even... I don't even think he was reprimanded. They kind of just held him back until until we were out of our line of sight, you know. But the point was, who was protecting us in that moment? Right. The black, not black, but the person of color behind the counter, who was a woman, you know, was ready to throw us out to the wolves. The police officers who we called, you know, didn't even reprimand the man. You know, it's just like, even, there was a black man who came in and asked us if we were okay, which thank gosh. <laughs> but there was also a white woman in there who was, you know, assuming that we knew him and it has to be a baby daddy and it has to be, but it was like, who was protecting us in this moment? The police aren't protecting us. Our own people are protecting us. Who was protecting right. us? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just, it's just work and what a time to be alive. <laughs> you know what? Because it's such a big, like a, such a big conversation, I really would like if we explore that uh, one day soon on, on the podcast and kind of like dedicate some of those larger conversations, uh, dedicate some time towards those larger conversations because it, it really does need to be like had like i think like you said um a little earlier we have the mic right now and i think that a lot needs to change um internally externally like just everything a lot needs to change so i'm all for pushing those conversations and because you know what we as a people can walk and chew gum at the same time so we can have the conversations about police brutality and also have the conversations about um how dark-skinned women are treated and have the conversations about how women black women are um you know sometimes terrorized by black men like um we really as a people need to continue to holding space for those conversations because at the very least the conversations like you know at the very least have a conversation about it you know what i mean and and hopefully through conversation we we put action behind it um and for me 
this has been for everything that, that uh, when I'm in conversations with women is talking about their experiences and stuff in relation to men, because I know what, what I'm doing over here and because I know where I fall um, and, and where my place is, I'm never, I'm not one to take offense. Uh, and, and I think more people need, need, need this, like in, in really every facet, whatever, whatever, whatever group you rep, but like, you need to not take offense um, of criticism to the point where you're saying, well, not all this, not all black men or not all men or not all this or not all that, because if it's not, all, if you know, it's not you, then let it not be you. But don't take away from the conversation of, of it having, and now we have to talk about, okay, well, I don't mean everyone. You know what I mean? Of course, we don't mean every single body, but we mean enough for it to be a problem systemically. So instead of wa wasting everybody's time and energy on arguing whether or not it's all or just a few, how about we talk about that it's a problem that we can all do something about? And that's what I'll say on that. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, also, I'm one of those people, though. I'm not, I'm not even going to act like I'm not one of those That's people. how I feel. Like, I, And I've always felt that way. Only because I'm around a lot of people that, that do the, I can't stand when women ex y'all women. When people use y'all women. Oh, that's different, though. Not, that's, that's where I do I do correct y'all. You know, look. <laughs> no. You know, on, on the other side, I understand, you know. Yeah, let me but let I, me be clearer then. Let me be <laughs> let me more, more clear on that. I mean, for the dominant group. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very heady with this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm very like, I, 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 I know a lot on the on the topics, but there's so much more that I, I that I need to learn. But on this specifically, on the on the dominant group situation, if you're in the dominant group and you are not fault, like if you don't apply to the criticism that is being made of the dominant group, then let it fly because it doesn't apply to you. But when it comes to, you know, using the, that same rhetoric on the, you know not dominant group then that's where you get into the okay now this is where you get into misogyny like this is where you get into you know sexism like this is like this is where you're getting into racism because you are making those like broad critiques of a population that that's not the case so it, it's very much like i'm not a ver reverse racism type of like i don't i'm not gonna die on that hill with you i don't i don't i do not accept reverse racism as a thing like it's just not to me um i believe that and I say that to say that I don't think that criticizing the dominant group is 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 comes from this place of hate. It comes from this place of criticism because you are the dominant group. So let's make the change. But you critic you making those same kind of like those uh, uh, comments about the group that you know, the minor the mar sorry the marginalized group. That's where you get into the isms. That's where you get into the racism and the, you know I mean the sexism like that. That's so it's different. That it's different. So you speaking up for not all women or not all, you know, black women or whatever, that's completely different than me saying not all men act that way. Like that's, those are two completely different things. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, what a heavy, 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 heavy time. Um, it's just a lot, you know, we have, we have Bubba Wallace, quick story here. Just look, I found out about NASCAR and a black person being a NASCAR yesterday. Like <laughs> this, this is new to me, but now I'm a NASCAR fan. <laughs> Lie. Like, <laughs> I was like, "What are we in there right. too?" <laughs> right. So, um, so I might check on NASCAR for now. I might watch them little cars going to circle for a couple hours. Like, I, yeah. So, um, we have that to look forward to. But with that story, uh, Bubba Wallace has been a major like Black Lives Matter. Like, he's a black man, and he's been very vocal on this issue. 
And because he's been very vocal and wanting change within NASCAR, taking away the Confederate flags and everything, um, apparently there was a noose uh, wrapped up in a garage that he saw himself and obviously took offense to, became a huge story. There's conflicting reports on whether or not it was there to begin with. Um, I tend not to go with what the FBI says right away just because they've been proven to lie. So um, I've seen the picture of, of the, I've seen the video of it and it looks like a news to me. I've never seen a garage door pull look like that. Um, so I, I tend to believe him when he says that. I don't think this is a Jesse Smollett situation, a story that we've covered on here before. Uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I just, a lot of people, when I first saw that story, um, you know, I saw a lot of reports of that, oh, apparently it's been there since October. Right. My thing is like, of course, when you when a black man says something, you want to believe him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you want to believe him. And, and I kind of am always on the fence when it comes to like the media. And I don't, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to not believe what he's saying is true. And I also know that the media is always going to find a way to twist it, mm-hmm. twist something, get into something that it may or may not be. You know, I mean, but considering that he was already trying to make changes, mm-hmm. changes for black people in with within NASCAR, I guess black person because he's black <laughs> person there. You know, I, I would like to believe that, that what he's what he's saying is 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 true, but it's it's kind of a little bit more disheartening for me that people are really accusing him of lying and, and comparing this to the the just Jesse Smollett case mm-hmm. of you know, staging, staging the, the news. What a the, story that was. I, I mean, I, let me tell you something. I, mean, I never need to hear about that ever again. Like, I hate when they bring that up just because it's so like, it triggers me. Like, I do not need to hear about that story. Yeah. But let, let's hope that the things are, are are more positive moving forward. Yeah. We, we need some positivity we right do. now. So there's a lot of the black community that we need to, we need to get it together. Look, and there's little like bits of here and there, but of, of, of happiness and joy, but like, damn. <sighs> um, and I think a perfect way to kind of wrap up this Black Lives Matter centric episode, and I don't want to, I don't want to, here's what I'll say on this before I even kind of close out with this last thing. Uh, this isn't a moment in time. This isn't, like, I didn't go out in, in, in March and, and protest, and I know, you know, millions at this point, right, uh, haven't been going out and marching for nothing, just for, like, the little change this is this is bigger and, and and it requires more conversation it requires more uh communication so with this podcast like do i think that every po- every podcast that we do is going to be um you know th- this centric about about uh the the injustices going on no i don't think that every single one will be but i do think that going forward just in general just cuz i know that for me m- the talks i'll have will in some way include like what can be done differently, what systematic change can be done differently. Um, so yeah. So basically with that being said, um, we will continue to have conversations that matter, especially since I stopped with, with coronavirus, like these celebrities have just been proven how little they matter. So um, yeah. with all of that protests, they're still alive and well, you know, I, I was talking to Camille before we even started this, New York City, uh, Los Angeles, Seattle, um, everywhere, really. Like, they're still having very active protests almost every single day. And a lot of other cities are having them. 
um, still on the weekends. And even if they're slowing down in your area, we, we can't slow down like our, our talk about it. We can't slow down the petitions and the badgering your Congress members and calling up the local police to be like, yo, you know what I mean? Uh, fire and arrest and put charges against Breonna Taylor's killers. Like, like fully like holding these people accountable in every facet. And, I, and because, and I don't think this is slowing down, especially since the police aren't slowing down killing us. Um, yeah. So the media is going to cover what they, you know, now that the protests are really a lot more peaceful and there's not too much dissent going around and it's really just the police that are acting up, the media has begun to cover Trump and coronavirus again, funny enough. But we're making ourselves heard and, and we're taking down statues of uh, racists and segregationists and, um, you know, slave holders. I, I don't even know the term, but uh, we're making sure that we're fighting for change and like and and, and making it happen. Like it, even if they're not going to cover it, you know what they say, the revolution will not be televised. So, Camille, any closing thoughts on all of this? Wash your hands, you. wear your mask. <laughs> like, I understand. Coronavirus ain't let up at all. Like, I know. We we acting like, I'm not going to act like I'm not one of those people mm. who kind of like, I, because of the way Maryland is acting, it's very easy to forget that it's going on right. because our numbers are dropping so, so rapidly. But don't forget to wash your hands and, and, co- and cover your mouths and, and, you know, keep those six feet apart so we can get, get rid of this thing since ain't nobody finding no cure anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, you know, and that's that. Oh. <laughs> I think black people, uh, take a deep breath. Um, you can log out. You know what I mean? You can, you can take a couple <laughs> breaks because, you can log out. right. Can like log out. we've been, this isn't new to us. So if anything, just white people need to continue to doing their research and, and, and educating themselves and, and being the allies, like real allies and, and being anti-racist and talk to your parents and talk to your family members and like do that work. Um, but for us, you know, we can only take so much. We're strong out of necessity, not always because we want to be. So um, take breaks for you and really and and center yourself and make sure that you're looking out for yourself. And that's that. Uh, continue to, like Camille said, wash your hands and then apply that lotion after because we are not ashy. <laughs> and that's that on that. Thank you for listening to the Grown Folks Business Podcast. Uh, stay black. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Goodbye.